Hey guys, what's up? It's Zemet here with Cartel Aristocrats Finance Cast number 53. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Gathering Magic and CoolStuffInc.com, who have provided us with gift certificates to give away. With free shipping on orders of $100 or more, a 25% BIOS bonus, and their ever-popular customer rewards program, Cool Stuff Inc. is the store for all your Magic the Gathering needs. I'm joined this week, of course, with Jim Casali of Casali Enterprises, Travis Allen of Bump in the Night, and uh, I'm Zebit. And Ed is uh, Ed is somewhere. Um, He's um, lost in the ether. Yeah, Ed's uh, Ed got stuffed in a in a duffel bag or something, and we're not going to see him again. I'm afraid. He's going to message us tomorrow. He's going to be like, sorry. yeah. Um, obviously it is getting to the point where summer is approaching, you know, we have a big, big Grand Prix, the hugest, the biggest, most American one, GP Vegas in a month. And it's about time we told everybody what's going on with that and, uh, what our plans are as far as what we're going to be doing in GP Vegas. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad we're telling people because I also would like to know. <laughs> Me too. I have like some some semblance of, of a plan, but like I don't know what I'm doing all of the days that I'm there. Okay. Uh, do you want me to start or do you guys want to start? You you should start so that I can trump up my plans if I need to sound better. Okay. So for our loyal listeners that have listened for the last two years, uh, if you follow us on Cartel Finance or on our Facebook page, uh, we're going to be doing a meetup on site probably Friday uh, with all of our listeners just to shoot the shit essentially and talk about finance. Um, following Friday afternoon, we will offer a dinner to people that are interested uh, as far as like, if you want to sit down and have the undivided attention of the four of us, uh, you got to pay to play of course, which we can talk about on site. Um, for an hour of all of our very, very exquisite, expensive taste times. Uh, but we can talk with you. But we will just have a, a time at GP Vegas where if you just want to come up with your buddies and, and talk. Um, I know I talked with uh, quite a few shop owners at GP Louisville when uh, I tweeted that I was there. And same thing went from Orlando when uh, Jim was approached by quite a few people. And they all ignored Ed. Fitting, of course. But uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, we do have some fans that like to attend Grand Prix, and why not come out to Grand Prix Vegas and say hi to us? Um, so that's as far right. as the cartel stuff goes. Because <laughs> there's much better things to do in Vegas. That's why not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Travis, what are your plans for Vegas? Well, uh, if all goes as planned, we will be attending the wedding ceremony of a uh, of a good friend of ours at a certain fast food location. <laughs> I want to get too specific. Uh, names yet. have been redacted to protect the innocent. Yeah, your your guys is innocence because uh, who gets married at a fast food place? It's yeah. probably going to be not uh, the worst thing I've ever been to, and that's going to be the best part about it. Yeah, how is that possible? I've been to a what very, could you possibly very bad wedding? Oh, it was it was bad. I mean, it's not. I'll, I'll tell you later. The story is too long. Like, but I've been to a worse wedding than that. I I'm not. I mean, I guess it's possible. But that's like, that's that's something. I was physically threatened at a wedding once. One of the guests threatened to fight me. But it, it overall, and it was not it's not a very fancy wedding, but still above, well, 
whatever. Uh, I think we're going to go see the Grand Canyon. Are you guys going to try and do that at all? That seems like a waste of time that could be otherwise used in Vegas. I mean, what are you doing in Vegas at 11 o'clock in the morning? And before Jeremy says sleeping, if you're not playing Magic, then it seems like a good opportunity. Because it's like an hour and a half away, two hours. Yeah, I'll probably be sleeping too. Mm. Jeremy, what do you got in your docket? What else are you um, doing? I'm going to be in Vegas for a week from Sunday to Sunday. Uh, hanging out with some friends from the West Coast. Uh, EDC is going on. Uh, for people who have social lives, it's like a pretty good thing to go to. Uh, you guys are probably too old for that now, but it'll be a ton of fun. It's like a giant rave in a tent, and there's a there's a Ferris wheel. It's in for, a tent. What is it on the outskirts of the city? No, have you? Do you know what EDC is? Yeah, it's Electric Dancing Carnival, and I've seen people floating around through all the casinos when we were there last time. But I didn't know. I don't really know anything about it other than that it's a big electronic music festival. Yeah, that's basically what it is. So it'll be a ton of fun. Um, then I'm just hanging out with a bunch of vintage players and, um, really just, uh, taking a break. You know, it's been a long first five months of this year, so it'll be nice to just sort of sit back and relax. What's Jim doing? Uh, I'm probably getting roped into seeing the Backstreet Boys play a live concert or something. I don't know. My fiance wants to go. I don't really have like enough no powers right now to veto that no it's not that like i don't hate them like there are definitely worse things i could be doing than that than going to see that i'm not paying for the tickets i told her that she has to pay for them well aren't you too engaged yeah all right well at this point there's no you're buying and she's buying right it's just collectively Uh, we still have our separate bank accounts i mean so do we at this point but it's still like you know it's it's all one pot, right? I suppose so, yes. Um, <laughs> other than that, I'm probably just going to try to hit more of the restaurants while I'm there. I really enjoyed the ones that I did into last time, and I want to like try not to go to a million buffets because it's just cheap and convenient. Um, and I think I'm going to try to go to the uh, Command Cast party. I, I don't remember what day that is. I, I'm going to take a quick, quick pause because uh, there is some good finance advice in there. If you are getting married or newly married and you have separate bank accounts, I would advise against that should have shared bank accounts or at least your, the bulk of your paychecks should be uh, deposited to the same bank account. It is a uh, grounds for a healthier relationship. Jeremy probably doesn't like that idea, but that's what you should do. I mean, I have, we, we, we have a joint account. We share money through that, but I have, we have we still have personal money for like, you know, this is the bank account I spend on magic cards, and that's the bank yeah. account that she spends on purses that I don't think she needs. But you know, that's yeah, that's just not neither here nor there. I wasn't trying to give you a hard time, but I know other couples who keep all of their money separate, which just makes it really easy to kind of cut and run when things get tough. But if you have all of your money in one central location, it takes a lot more effort to extricate yourselves from each other, which means you put in more effort when there's trouble, uh, which there will be. Um, And I know multiple marriages that basically were saved because of that. So there is a piece of finance advice with some different uh, perspective. So did Jeremy just disappear? And it looks like Ed connected too, kind of all over the place. Oh, no, he's here. 
Yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah, Vegas will definitely be an interesting time. I'm, you know, you last time. To a damn word I said. I, I think it will be an interesting <laughs> time, though. Uh, last time all the finance guys got together, uh, Brainstorm Brewery, Heavy Meta, uh, the A Team, and Rest all... piece, two of those casts. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone had a good time just sort of shooting the shit. So it was a ton of fun. We all like just went as a giant group to a couple houses. Marcel barbecued for everyone. And we just hung around and talked until JR passed out on the couch like an hour after we started. Yeah, that's about how long I would have guessed. Yep. I'm uh I had a lot of fun at the casino with um Jason and Corbin and some other people. So I'm really hoping to get a chance to to run that back. But I think uh yeah, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. It'll be a good time. There's plenty of stuff to do in Vegas. Even if you just want to play magic, there's still plenty of stuff to do. At this point, I mean, I don't know about you guys. At this point, I will probably play the modern event. And that is essentially the most I can say about my magic plans for that week. Like, I will go to this. I might go to the site on days other than the modern GP, and I might play some side events, but that's completely up in the air. I think we're uh, taking a short break because Jeremy's restarting his router. We might lose everybody for a little bit. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Are you planning on playing any side events, Jim? Um, probably not, but I've been enticed to play Two-Headed Giant before because my fiance likes to do that. So I will probably end up doing a Two-Headed Giant sealed event at some point in time, much to my chagrin. Um, They're fine. They're fine. It's just like I hate losing, and she hates losing. So we're just both both shit people when we lose. Yeah, but okay, and I, I respect that, I guess. But the two had a giant events tend to be pretty soft, right? Like I would think. That, oh yeah, yeah, they are, which makes losing even more miserable when it happens. I suppose. I suppose. I we did them last year, and it was fun. It was slow. They're definitely uh, the lowest value. Not even just in the sense that. Um, the return on investment is bad, but it's more about the time investment. They're very slow. You can do a lot of normal drafts in the time it took us to do a two-headed giant. So if you're looking to just jam through them constantly, it's not the best bet. But it's a good time if you just want to hang out and play Magic. And, you know, it's sort of like uh, the best game to play at a casino is craps because it gives you the most bang for your buck. And I feel like the two-headed giant is probably similar. Like if you're not great, you won't plow through it. Yeah, definitely like side events where you just have like a limited number of rounds, like a Swiss event is just probably going to be the best bang for your buck. But last Vegas, I did pretty much exclusively Modern Masters 2 drafts, and I did like 11 of them on the weekend because the, wow. the, the, the draft price was like $30, which is just the, pa- the price that's, of free packs. That's pretty good, yeah. Like it ended up, it ended up working out that I opened five boxes five entire boxes of modern masters 2015 over the weekend over my 11 drafts and then prize winnings well that reminds me too while i'm thinking about it uh the best value in casino while you're in vegas is craps uh for a couple of reasons one it is the only game in the casino with a true 50 50 bet um so it gives you the best odds on your money uh, two, it runs very slowly. You can lose your money very slow if you want to, which is really great for kind of, again, prolonging your value when you're hanging around the casino. You know, they're bringing you drinks and you're having a good time. 
uh, as opposed to blackjack, which if you sit down and you're the only person at the table, you can blow through $100 in like a couple minutes, even on a $5 hand table. Uh, you also get to stand around the table, you cheer, you yell, it's exciting. So like it kind of gets you in the mood and the market. It's a very party type game, which is really good to make it fun. Um, and nobody knows how to play craps. I mean, nobody knows the first time they show up, obviously. It is kind of a funky looking game, but all the dealers, every dealer I've talked to has been really happy to explain it. Uh, so you can just kind of hang out and chat with them and they'll show you what's going on. And uh, it's nice and slow and you just enjoy the time and enjoy the company. Yeah, I think if I was going to go gamble, that's probably what I'd do. I'm pretty risk-adverse as far as that's concerned because, I don't know, I feel like I could do a lot more with my money than just incinerated gambling, but I've heard craps is a lot of fun, and since it's like more of a party mentality, I feel like I might enjoy it more, so I'll probably try to do that at least once. Yeah, it is. It's definitely worth it. Walk in with a hundred bucks, find a five dollar craps table, uh, preferably one with a good number of people around it. So again, it goes a little slower, and it's and it's a party, and it is. It's really enjoyable. You'll have fun. Uh, you won't blow through the money that fast, and even if you lose it, like that's okay. You know that like you spent the money on it, and like also you can actually win money. Like I was actually up on it, but when we left last uh, last time I was there, so you can't bank on it, but it is a possibility. Yeah, I mean that's part of like gambling, right? Like you're going there to lose the money. Like that's that's your ultimate goal. You that as soon as you walk in there, that money is basically gone. You're just going right. to play it until it's gone anyway. Yep. Well, yeah, or if once you get like, you know, 30% up, put it away, put the original amount away and then only play with the um, you know, the winnings type of thing. But yeah, wow. yeah. That let's let's be honest. Nobody actually <laughs> hand the money to your whoever you're with, your your significant other that's with you that doesn't want you to do it at all, and uh, you know, they will lock it down for you. Oh no, that's not gonna work for me. My fiance likes to gamble way more than I do. Oh really? <laughs> One of the things my friends who are going to Vegas for the first time don't understand is if you play five dollar hands, you can drink like all day for free. Hmm. Like technically it's not free, but like if you lose 50 bucks to drink like six beers or something, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. No. And that's why I like craps because they still bring you the drinks just as frequently, but you lose the money slowly. Do you bet uh, against the house or not? Uh, yes. It's been a little while, but I think usually pre, oh God, now you're testing me when it's before it's set, right? You bet. So that if it's anything other than a three and seven, you're successful, which I think is against the house, I believe. Just checking. Got to get you a little less rusty for the, for yeah. the uh, you know. Um, I, know, I, know the, I know the bet to make while I'm standing at the table. It's just I have to think about it when I'm not there. Right. Um, what do you play? Blackjack. Oh, that is, that is the, the fool's game, man. I'm telling you. I think you'd better off just playing roulette. Anything's better than playing slots, let's be honest. Well, sure. That's yeah. <laughs> if blackjack is the fool's game, then slots is like the desperate chain smoker game. Yep. Uh, we should probably get into finance now that we spent, you know, 15 minutes talking about Vegas. I, I think advising them what tables to gamble on is definitely good finance. Yeah. Um, so obviously summer's approaching. Normally during this time of the year, we see what's called the summer doldrum. Uh, where prices start to trend a little bit down. Uh, I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it's just because people go on vacation. Uh, we see this again in December every year when, every, when prices go down as everyone just runs out of money or like tries to buy Christmas gifts and has to sell stuff. Uh, so what do you guys think about 
what's going to happen to mainly the modern market and standard market coming into this summer with uh, Amonkhet just having been released and um, modern sort of getting an injection in the arm, which we'll talk about in a bit. I'm going to start, Jim. No, I'll let you start. We'll, we'll, we'll switch it change up. it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, historically, we do see the prices drop in the summer. It's a combination of factors. A lot of kids go home from school, so a lot of college-age kids are no longer with their nerdy group of players. Um, what you know, which is which is how they kind of have that that community for it. Uh, you also have traditionally, you've had the summer be the core set. Obviously, we haven't had that for a little while now, but that does add to it. Um, or has added to it in the past. We don't quite have enough data to understand how the two block system works with that yet. Um, there's outdoor activities, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, you know, I expect standard will fare a little bit better than it has in the past because you're getting Amonkhet as opposed to just like Magic 2014 or whatever. Um, but I think Modern's probably going to be a little quiet as well. Although, again, it's a little, it can be a little difficult to attribute that to a seasonal swing versus Modern just kind of being on. I don't want to say a trend downward, but I mean, certainly the modern explosion has subsided. Although we did get information from Star City today that there's going to be a lot of modern in the second half of this year. So that might help prop some of the prices up. Amonkhet's also got a little bit of the juices flowing in modern, which I think um, we haven't seen quite as much in some of the other sets. Like you've got As Foretold and the new Cyclers and some other cards that have generated a little more interest in modern comparatively to other sets. So I do think that it'll still be a kind of a sleepy summer, but maybe not as bad as we've seen in years past. Um, as far as I'm like, as far as I've looked into it, uh, eternal formats like modern and legacy are not nearly as negatively affected by the seasons. Um, mostly because modern season doesn't really exist anymore as, as a thing like extended season was a thing where like you played your extended deck for six or three or six months out of the year. And then the rest of the year, nobody played it. People are playing it pretty much all the time. So the cards don't go down a ton over the summer. Maybe you'll be able to snap up some quick deals or some easy deals from TCG player or whatever. But by and large, we shouldn't see like a, 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 a big decrease in the price of cards. What is going to be interesting is um, what these next two reprint-like sets are going to bring to us because there's a potential for some modern cards that got missed in Modern Masters or even cards that are in Modern Masters to get reprinted again. And that could really have a big impact on the cost of modern staples. Jeremy, think. Say again? What do you think? You know, so I really just focus on casual cards and demand for that hasn't changed at all. At all. Uh, Chaz Andres wrote a uh, piece today behind the paywall about how he thinks Iconic Masters is going to be EDH Masters and that they're going to throw a lot of Commander cards in there. And I see a lot of people ordering casual cards over the summer while they have nothing to do because um, a lot of Magic players don't like the heat. Like stereotypically, they like to stay inside and they're going to brew uh, over the summer and pick up a lot of these casual cards. So my theory is we see standard and modern go down uh, while casual cards continue to go up over the summer while people trade away a standard deck that they know will rotate in October. And they traded in for grave packs and, pre and uh, grave titans and shieldreds and stuff like that. So I think we're going to see a transition of card liquidity from standard, which has already not been very liquid outside of a few uh, key cards, 
way more towards casual this summer, especially as players seek to start looking more into finance. As more people become more attuned to the finance, we're going to see more and more uh, price changes on a dime, basically, with the amount of information that everyone's using the same websites now. Whereas MTG stocks used to be only a few people knew about it. And that's how they got Splinter Twin. Uh, Europe noticed it was going up, and then America was like, hey, let's buy it out. So I really like casual cards going into the summer, and I really like dumping excess standard stuff and modern outside of Liliana the Veil. Okay, well, that's some good information. Yep. So if you have uh, Star City Premium, Chaz Andres wrote a really good article about what he thinks is going to be an iconic Masters today. So I really like that piece. Um, and then, of course, talking about the worst format ever, Modern, uh, Star City announced that it would be hosting a, um, a lot more Modern the second half of this year, a lot less Legacy and Standard. They said that Modern continually sells out. Modern has the best numbers. Uh, so they're shifting more towards Standard. The only thing I would caution, or towards Modern, the only thing I would caution with this is they did this leading up to SCG Richmond in 2013 when Zendikar Fetches hit $100. And as everybody, like, yes, you're going to see a couple prices go up uh, as everyone tries to get cards to these tournaments. Um, but the sell-off's going to be way harder, I think, than Richmond was as far as when the season is over, everybody's going to start dumping. Um, I think when Star City ends this year uh, with modern support and we have Commander Anthologies and we have Iconic Masters and we have all this other stuff, uh, prices are just going to continue to go down as people sell these cards to try to pick up the new the new hotness, essentially. Uh, do you think, yeah. Do you, think, um, do you think Commander Anthologies, is that what the one they're doing this year? Is it Plain Chase? You just said it. One of the Commander anthologies. anthologies. Do you think that's really going to matter that much? I mean, those I, tend to be pretty limited print run. The problem I have with this year is we're getting two master sets this year. Like normally it was a master set every other year. And this year we're just getting double master sets, double com or just commander anthologies and the planes are the arch enemy reprints as well that have like Nissa, one of the Nissas and one of the Chandra's in it that was spoiled on Reddit. Um, there's just too much supplemental product out there in my opinion. And when I saw all these people sell all their stuff to buy Modern Masters 2017, and then open these packs and sell it right back to me as everyone raced to the bottom. We're going to see this even harsher at the end of the year when people decide, you know what? My Liliana went up from $60 to $80. I quote unquote made a $20 profit. I'm going to dump that in anything I open as well as my modern stuff so I can keep fueling my, uh, my wallet, I guess, especially towards the end of the year. A lot of Magic players use their tax returns to buy into Modern Masters 2017. And even locally, they still sold a lot to get these cards. I think when you don't have that additional uh, tax, that tax return at the end of the year, prices will just depress way harder. What uh, what got spoiled? What cards got spoiled? I missed that. Uh, there was a post on Reddit, and it had the uh, not the plane, the anth what the hell is it called? Not planes chase, the other one. So there's an arch enemy. Yeah, thank you. New Jeff. arch, but it's a new arch enemy. But there's reprints of the old planeswalkers in there. Okay, so yeah, there's a new arch enemy called Arch Enemy Nickel Bolas coming out. Um, so, so for anyone who doesn't know, the supplemental products for the rest of the year are the Arch Enemy Nickel Bolas, which is a new arch enemy set. It's not an anthology. It's not a reprint of the old arch enemy. There is 
Commander Anthologies, which is one deck for each year, and it's usually the most popular deck from that year. Um, the ones that are important are Kalia of the Vast is getting reprinted, and Marin, or not Marin, the, the green-black commander whose name I don't remember. And there is the regular commander sets. Commander 2017 is coming out in the summer, not in the winter. So it's going to be coming out in a couple of months. And then there is Iconic Masters and whatever the, and then, and then whatever they decide to put in the rest of the year. So probably some number of dual decks. Um, they haven't announced the From the Vault, so probably one of those. And um, that's I think that's it. That's still too many things, but I think that's it. Okay. Did we get any cards? I don't I don't know. I assume that the Arch Enemy Nicobolus is gonna be mostly reprints. As excuse me, those those decks tend to be mostly just old cards. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. And of course, you know, once we talk about all these reprints, once we talk about all the supplementary stuff coming out this year, um, how do you guys feel about the strength of reserve list picks right now? I know Sig was big on it last year. He's transitioning more towards EDH. Do you guys feel like there's any real returns anymore with old school now being a thing? Or do you feel like it's time to move on to something else? Well, ask that question again. I must have so, heard you wrong. 2016 was the year of the reserve list. Juzam Jin, all that stuff went up. We can all yes. agree on that. 2017, one of the most uh, prominent old school investors is Sigmund Osfresser. And he started shifting towards buying commander stuff. So oh. do you think that with one of the most notable old school investors out there, shifting away from old school that reservist cards are not worth investing in anymore like dual lands and all that or do you think that there's still a little more room and it's better to put your money there rather than like bulk rares or edh stuff uh jim you want to take this sure i'll go first so i think that part of the reason why sig is moving away from old school stuff is because the maturity time it takes for things to go to to increase in price is is too much higher than these commander cards or these casual cards because they spike quickly and hard and you can get rid of them relatively easily. Whereas like if you're gonna sit on a, a Juzam Jin, you need to find like the right person to buy it. Like you could get larger returns on it if you wait longer because there's just not gonna be more of them. But the audience that you're trying to sell it to is so small that it's just so much harder to get rid of. And I think that he's valuing his ability to get rid of the cards easier over the potential longer-term investment and gains. So if you buy a reserveless card, you know that it's not going to probably... like It's unlikely that a reserveless card is ever worth less than when you paid for it at any given time. So theoretically, it's very difficult to lose money on it because they don't reprint them, so they're probably not going to go down in price. So if you're the kind of person that's going to wants to spend some money on some cards and throw them in a closet for X amount of years and then take them out and sell them, reserveless cards can make sense. They're kind of like sealed product in that way where they just accumulate value over time, or that's how sealed product used to be. 
But if you want to stay more active in the community and try to figure out what's the next big thing to come out and try to get ahead of that, which is really commander is, is one of the easier things to do is to buy out, buy the cards before they spike because the players that want them take longer to realize that. If you do that and you keep up with it, you can make more money faster because you can flip the cards more often. But you run the risk of if your spec is wrong and it gets, it gets reprinted, then it goes down a lot and then you might end up losing money. So it's better for the short-term stuff if you want to do casual cards. Um, it's better for long-term stuff if you want to do uh, reserve list cards. I'm actually kind of surprised that Sig would move away from 93-94 and towards Commander just because he's so risk-averse and so patient that I would think Commander would even move a little too quickly for him. You know, you get the Commander 2016 reprint, which comes through and cuts the legs out from underneath a lot of cards that got reprinted. You know, we all kind of got nicked on that. Um, would have just would have su surprised that he would opt for that market, in fact. I mean, the reason he likes 9394 is because they literally can't reprint the cards. Uh, if you look at Commander 16, almost all the decks are way above EV, like $70, $80 decks. Well, sure, they are now, but I won't tell you that, uh, you know, when they spoiled that Wheel of Fate was in Commander 2016, I was, like, pretty annoyed. And it, it's fine now. Like, the price is actually higher than it was, but it was that's more because of As Foretold than anything else. Yep. So part of the thing that's like weird about commander stuff, especially is like their cards that are like odd and obscure and really didn't have a home before. Like, for example, he bought dusk urchins relatively recently. He bought a bunch of foil dusk urchins and that's a card that just like, isn't worth it. wasn't worth anything because it just like wasn't very good and didn't have a home like it, it, it's a niche card but it's a good card if it's good but it's really bad otherwise and those kind of cards that go from nothing to something are always going to be worth more than the nothing that they were that you bought them for like it, if the card was like two dollars in foil it's unlikely that after all of these years it's going to go to less than two dollars in foil right you're 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 probably going to make a couple of dollars if you buy them if it gets like any sort of popularity, which is what ended up happening. Like they're ten dollar foils now. You cash out a couple of copies to pay for the ones that you bought, and you're 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 pretty much set, which is what he ended up doing. So you're saying if that's he, why he did it. Right, yeah, because it, it like it seems like a high risk, high reward thing, but really it's pretty low risk because what are the chances are that it goes down less than what you paid for it when it's a card that's like super low supply that's Unlikely to get reprinted because it's like just a weird card. And even if it does get reprinted, like how much is that going to actually impact the price of that card? Probably yeah, not I, very much. I gotcha. I mean, I understand the point. I guess, you know, you could say, what are the odds that you get? It's it's hard to lose money on that. And it's like, well, if the card has been a $2 foil for four years uh, and nobody really is interested in it, and then you buy foils for $2 and you're like, good, eventually, eventually this card could be useful and then it'll skyrocket and I'll make money. But then they do end up reprinting it and cutting the legs out from underneath you. Now it's going to be like forever before you make any money on it. So you have that, you know, that challenge, I suppose. But yeah, for the most part, I, I guess, I guess it's pretty safe. Hey, fish. Yep. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about with old score? Or would you like to move on to pick of the week? We can move along. All right, Travis, you're normally pretty fly with these. What's your pick for the week? 
Uh, wait, shoot, I had it, but I forgot it. It's a black oh, enchantment no. that just no. got reprinted. No, I changed my mind. I changed okay. my mind. Uh, my pick of the week is Bruce Tarl from Commander 2016. Commander 2016 has been moving a lot of cards recently. We actually just saw, uh, by the way, Brea sold out. I don't know if you caught that. That was like today. It's not on any of the websites yet. So if there's any cheap copies at your store, well, I guess it's probably too late for that now anyways. Uh, but Bruce Tarl is another one. You can pick up copies at like $2 right now. There are very few left on TCG Player, and I think this is going to uh, sell out and probably be 6 to 10 bucks. Uh, pretty much overnight, or within the next week, I should say. To reiterate on that, pretty much any card from Commander 2016 that you might want to play at this point in time, you might might as well buy, because there's no more supply of that product. It is not being flowed out to stores. We're going to get the new Commander product in a couple of months, so really there's no reason for Wizards of the Coast to print any more of it. So it's unlikely that any more supply gets added to the market at this point in time. So if you don't own any of those cards that you want, you should probably just get them now. Uh, my pick of the week is like a day and a half too late, but I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, my pick of the week is going to be Commit to Memory. Um, if you are looking at the, the deck lists that people are coming up with these days and all the blue cards that they're playing... <clears throat> Torrential Gear Hulk and Pull from Tomorrow are pretty much the headliners of those things, and they've and they've gone up a significant amount. But the amount of decks that I see that have four Commit to Memory in their deck is just insane for what is it's still a, just a two dollar card. Um, I can see this easily going to four or five, even maybe eight to ten Pro Tour weekend, which is not very far away. So if you're looking to play any blue cards and you already have your Pull from Tomorrow and your Torrential Gear Hulks, you really got to head up those Commit to Memories because they're not going to be available for very long at this price. The Pro Tour is this weekend, isn't it? I'm pretty uh, sure it's, no. it's well, next I weekend. It's... it's next weekend, I guarantee it. It's I next think... weekend because this weekend is a GP, and next weekend is when school ends, and the Pro Tour is in Kentucky or something. It's in it's Nashville, like a... I Nashville. Think. It's like a five-hour drive either way for me. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I know people are heading out to, like, Pro Tour houses, but I don't know how early they would have gone there. They go yeah. a week early. It's next week. I mean, I suppose it's possible. I Googled it, and I th saw the date, but I must have just seen a different date than what it actually was. Yeah, so so other than... Um, I guess I should also kind of, like, add on to this. My pick of the week is Commit to Memory, but if you are in the market for Never to Return or Cut to Ribbons, those cards are also going to be very expensive very soon. I actually just wrote about commit to memory today, so I'm on the same page as you. Yeah, I think all of those cards, people really underestimated how good they would be. Um, commit to memory, especially because you can flash back the memory part with a torrential gear Hulk, and you could do that on your opponent's end stop. So you get to use the cards first, makes it a lot better than the six mana time twister that it is. Yeah, it, it's exactly the same thing that we've seen with every other one of these cards. It has this sort of like incremental draw card card type advantage uh that is really easy to underestimate because it's not sexy but it turns out that when you actually play with them they just work really well also i think a lot of people misread what commit does which is it lets you put a permanent or a spell two cards from the top so it's like not you're not paying four mana for a remand you're actually delaying them significantly and you can affect the board with it which is better than most counter spells. Yeah, that's possible. What's your pick of the week, Jeremy? 
Well, I'm really happy that I called zombies a couple months ago and all of them that I picked one up because I normally never do standard cards. I called uh, a bunch of those as long-term casual all-stars and they all hit. So woohoo for long-term specs. Uh, my pick for the week is Subterranean Tremors. It's a mythic from Conspiracy 2. And this card went from $0.50 cents to $2 and continues to go up. Real powerful in casual games. It's a Shatterstorm and it makes a guy when you cast it for enough. And this thing we cannot keep in stock. Uh, this is just like a very good, holy crap, when did this become 4 to $5 card? So I remember that. Yeah, this is just something that I really like trading into or buying. So that's what I've been watching lately. Okay. And where can we guys, where can we find you guys? Oh, we're done already? Yeah. There's only three of us. It's it's MTG Fast Finance. Yeah, well, you know, normally Ed does talk incessantly and fill up a lot of time, so I can understand why we would be done so much quicker tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, my name's Travis. I'm on Twitter at WizardBumpin, B-U-M-P-I-N. My banner is gone because XSplit has been giving me a ton of trouble the last two weeks. I write on MTG Price every Monday. I... Yep, I do that. I'm on MTG Fast Finance, usually on Thursdays or Fridays. And if you like playing magic, check out scry.land. Find magic in your area. My name is Jim Casal. You can find me on Twitter at PHROST underscore. You can find me on Modern Nexus every week, Gathering Magic every other week. And uh, soon you can find me at the new email address that I just set up, which is cartelaristocrats at gmail.com. So if you have a question, feel free to email us. Um, we will also be giving away uh, store credit for our sponsor, which I'll talk about at the end of the episode. Uh, it should start next week, I believe. Uh, we'll talk about that on the next week's cast. Um, yeah, Jim, I'll talk about it because of what I had sent you on Facebook earlier. Um, you can find me on Zemet Sells Magic at Twitter. Um, and you can find me in the great state of Missouri off highway farty far and 60 far so i really appreciate uh you guys listening to our cast sorry ed couldn't make it um are there any shout outs you guys want to give before we get out of here uh shout out to that ditch that ed's probably in right now i have nothing clever sorry shout out to united airlines for adding new food it's real nice that they've added chinese takeout to the menu that's messed up Yep. Very Shout out to so. Travis's microwave for going off repeatedly in the background. Yeah. Uh, Shout out yeah. to my fiance for microwaving dinner. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening to Cartel Aristocrats cast number 53. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Gathering Magic and Cool Stuff Inc., where you guys can find the best web content and the cheapest singles with a sweet customer rewards program. And we'll see you guys all next week. Have a good one.